0: Well, good morning. I hope you guys are having a good Monday. Strange week. the week between Christmas and New Year's. Always strange. Got a Buckeye Clemson playoff game to look forward to on Friday night. I would imagine that is top of mind as we head into the final week of 2020. A year a lot of people are glad to see go. We'll talk about that in the faith portion of the podcast a little bit later on. But there's no shortage of things to talk about sports related. Wow. Browns. Basketball Buckeyes, Urban Meyer, Dwayne Haskins, Bengals winning, hurting their draft pick. Uh, It's a mixed bag, good news, bad news type day here on a Monday morning. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Appreciate it very much. I'm Bruce Hooley, and um, really appreciate it. Really appreciate the time. Okay, let's jump right in. Browns. You know, I had an interesting social experiment on Sunday. First of all, I got to take you back to Saturday night, where I'm watching Liberty in the... Cure Bowl play Coastal Carolina. Okay, so I have some friends who've sent people to Liberty, so I'm kind of an interested Liberty observer. So I'm watching Liberty, Liberty University, Hugh Freeze, where the uh, former uh, Ole Miss coach coaches, and I wanted Liberty to win. Liberty's defense is horrible, but Coastal's defense couldn't tackle Liberty either. So I'm tweeting about all the dumb stuff that's going on in the game, and if you didn't see the game, Liberty... Uh, at the end of the game, was so positive they couldn't stop Coastal that they tried not to score on two carries from inside the five-yard line with like a minute and a half to go. They were trying to kill clock, which was the right thing to do because their defense absolutely positively couldn't have stopped Coastal. So on the second carry, somebody like on Liberty was not a part of the plan of not trying to score until third down. They dragged the running back into the end zone. He fumbles. So after failing to score on purpose one and a half times, Liberty fumbled the game away in regulation. They ended up winning it in overtime on a block field goal. But I was just tweeting about, this is dumb, this is stupid. And somebody's like, why are you so invested in this game? And I responded, the reason I'm so invested is because I hate stupid. I do. I hate stupid. I hate stupid plays like C.J. CJ Walker's foul at the end of the half in the Northwestern loss on Saturday. Uh, A a guy fumbling the ball when he's trying not to score. Uh, Even handing the ball off was dumb, was stupid. Just don't even try to hand it off. Hugh Freeze, just let your quarterback take the snap and fall down. So, and somebody, you know, I get this all the time on Twitter. It's like, oh, you always say negative stuff. You always say negative stuff. So Sunday, while I'm watching the Browns, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be positive here. And the Browns, if you didn't know, were without all their wide receivers, four wide receivers because of covid and without Jedrick Wills, their left tackle. And without Wyatt Teller, their uh, outstanding guard. Um, and so they're playing the Jets. And the Jets' defense is terrible. And the Browns have a great running game. And I'm figuring out, oh, the Browns are going to pound them on the ground, throw it to the tight end a bunch, and, you know, win the game pretty easily. Guys will rise to occasion. So the Browns just come out, and uh, they outthought themselves. They threw the ball 53 times. 53 times. 53! And, and so, anyway... But all during the game, they fell behind. They got further behind. It's 13 to 3. Then it's 20 to 3. And it's I thought, all right, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to tweet positive stuff. Browns are going to win. Browns are going to win. I feel it. The Browns are going to win. Browns got the ball down 23-16 with like two minutes to go. And I'm like, the Browns are definitely winning this. They're definitely winning it. And I believe they would. Well, they didn't. Because on a fourth and one sneak. Baker Mayfield fumbled the ball on a quarterback sneak. Now, the NFL rule is you can't advance a fumble unless you're the guy who fumbled the ball. So Kareem Hunt recovered the fumble in the air and fell forward for the first down. Doesn't matter. The ball goes back to its original spot. Obviously, they were shy on fourth down snap. So the Jets won the game. So I had tweeted all this positive stuff, you know, and all these people were saying, oh, old takes exposed. They're going to, you know. This is an interesting social experiment. So Saturday night, when I'm tweeting stuff that I can't stand because it's stupid, like the stuff Liberty was doing, I get people going, why does it mean so much to you? Why do you care? And then Sunday, I actually had people swearing at me on Twitter about being positive the Browns were going to win. So I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want out of me, people. Do you want the positive or do you want the real me, which tilts toward the negative? I'm going to try to be more positive, but I am going to continue my campaign against stupid and... There's plenty of it in sports. Uh, So the Browns lose, and it was stupid to throw it 53 times. I don't know what Kevin Stefanski was thinking. After a while, run the football. uh, Baker Mayfield, three turnovers. Here's my thing on Baker Mayfield, all right? He's... Remember what Chris used to say about Andy Dalton? He's good enough to keep both teams in the game. Baker Mayfield's good enough to keep both teams in the game. Baker Mayfield can be great. He can be. But Baker Mayfield is a higher-end Andy Dalton. Baker Mayfield is not right now a top-ten quarterback. You can't rely on him. He can be great, and it's not a coincidence in my mind that the reason why sometimes he's great and the reason why sometimes he's not is because his emotional highs and lows are too exaggerated. Give me a flat-line quarterback any day of the week, and twice on Sunday. I do not approve of the high-stepping, arms-flailing, collegiate Baker Mayfield in the NFL. I don't like it. I don't think it helps you win. I think it fires up the opponent. I think it distracts him. And I'm I'm just telling you, I don't like it. And that game yesterday is a game where they needed him to do his job at a high level because they didn't have four wideouts, and he let them down. And to his credit, he took the blame for it. He should have. I mean, you can't hide from that. But Stefanski, that was really bad play calling. Nick Chubb, you got to do better. I don't care what linemen are out. It's the Jets, okay? So the Jets win and cost themselves Trevor Lawrence in the draft. So I was thinking yesterday... As that game unfolded, is Trevor Lawrence like, yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. It's closer to where he grew up in Georgia. And he's spared the old New York media thing. Or is he like, man, New York, that's a lot of advertising dollars I can make. I can make it there. I can make it anywhere. What is Trevor Lawrence thinking? I thought that was interesting. What is Justin Fields thinking? Is Justin Fields thinking, woo, good, I don't have to go to Jacksonville. Or is Justin Fields thinking, oh, crap, now i got to go play for the Jets. Or what is Urban Meyer thinking? Now, if you don't know why I'm asking, what is Urban Meyer thinking? Because Urban Meyer, and I got this uh, text a week ago from a friend of mine in the NFL. And a friend not named Spielman, okay? Yes, I do know other people. And this friend said something, I don't know if I should say exactly what he said, because I didn't get it okayed, but... It, the text led me to believe that the Urban Meyer thing is further down the road than it's being reported by Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter and others started reporting it uh, Sunday, maybe Saturday, that Urban is thinking about coaching. I've been led to believe it's a lot further down the road than that. Um, Schefter says two teams. I've only heard one team. But the one of the one of the teams is Jacksonville, and that makes total sense because you know Urban he coached in Florida, and you know maybe doesn't like how things ended in Florida, and I'm sure he's always had that thing in the back of his mind. Yeah, what if, what if I had the NFL? Could I make it work in the NFL? So Trevor Lawrence, hmm, you know, would Urban run Trevor Lawrence on the zone read? <laughs> I know Trevor Lawrence can run the zone read. I wouldn't run him on the zone read. That was my thing with Urban's quarterbacks was always like. Uh, How are you going to run that in the NFL? But uh, maybe he wouldn't run that in the NFL. The other question I had for my friend in the NFL was, are they coming after Urban as a team president or as a head coach? And he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. So uh, just be alive there, folks. If Urban's going, but he's not going as a head coach, mm, I wonder where he'd look for a head coach. And no, I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying I'd be light on my feet on all of that. And Urban wouldn't, if Urban wanted to go as a team president and tap, oh, I don't know, somebody as a head coach, he wouldn't cloud that somebody's mind if that somebody had a game to play. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So I'm sure that hasn't happened. Um, but, you know, Urban to the NFL, would I like to see it? Sure. I'm curious what Urban would do in the NFL. Um, and if he, and if he wants to do it, go do it. Um, You know, that'd be great. Urban in football is great. He's great on TV. He's great in college football. He's great in the NFL. Uh, So that's uh, where we are. But the Browns lose. They have to beat the Steelers at home Sunday. The Steelers have clinched with their win over the Colts. So the Steelers are not going to play Big Ben. They're going to play Mason Rudolph, which sets up all the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph revisited, you know, helmet swinging affair stuff. And I would imagine the Browns will crush the Steelers on Sunday. Although the Browns have got to win to get in. Uh, other than the Colts could lose to the Jags, I suppose. Uh, so that's the uh, deal with the uh, Bengals. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the deal with the Browns. And uh, a little bit of the deal with Urban Meyer. We'll stand by and see if Urban wants to coach. My guess is if I... Well, I'm not going to guess on Urban. I'm just, I'm just not going to guess. Um, Okay. Sponsor reads are weird when I'm doing all the talking. Chris used to talk, and then I could play off something he said to slip in a sponsor read. Here's the deal. My sponsors have been very good to stick with us in the aftermath of Chris going to the Lions in a big-time front office role. I want to continue to deliver for my sponsors. It does help us, helps me, if you patronize the sponsors. So please do. And you know who they are, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. You get 15% off, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use the promo code We Life in all caps. It is a great way to wish somebody a happy new year, to send them a coffee sampler pack. They still have the corporate gifts. They can tailor them to 2020 as opposed to tailoring them to a holiday message. Order the coffee for yourself. You know what they do around the world, buying direct from growers, giving the growers more money than they would get if they bought the coffee – if the coffee were sent to a government buyer and then parceled out, everybody takes a cut this way. Hemisphere buys direct from the grower and they do great things. And I love the coffee and I love the company and I love the mission of the company. And I hope you love them too. And I hope you continue to patronize them. Hemisphere coffee roasters.com. Okay. So the Bengals win too. What is it with every bad team winning late in the year? The Bengals win. So they got a landmark win here in Houston over the Texans. Boy, did Bill O'Brien foul that up? Uh, how the Texans with Desha- Bill O'Brien fouled up the Texans so bad. They lose. They traded New Hopkins. That was a Bill O'Brien choice. They have Deshaun Watson and can't win. They're 4 10, 4 10, 4 11, 4 11. They lost to the Bengals at home. The Bengals had never won a road game under Zach Taylor. Now they have. The Bengals had never won back to back under Zach Taylor. Now they have. So 37-31, the Bengals win without Joe Burrow, obviously, without Joe Mixon. Um, so that's a big win for Zach Taylor. Mike Brown wasn't firing Zach Taylor. At least this gives the Bengals a reason to believe, or Bengal fans a reason to believe. And the Bengals are going to get a good player. They're just not going to get as good a player as they otherwise would have, I don't think. Because now, instead of picking third, the Bengals have fallen all the way to fifth or sixth. Because the Bengals are 4-10-1, and and the Jags are going to pick first, the Jets are going to pick second, the Texans have the third pick, but oops, they traded it to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsell, left tackle. So the Dolphins will have the third overall pick in the draft. The Falcons will have the fourth, and then the Bengals or Philly will pick five or six. Will Pene Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, still be there at five or six? He might be. He might be because he didn't play this year, and that would make me nervous. But it's hard for me to believe that the Texans, well, the Texans are irrelevant. They don't have the pick, Bruce. Uh, but the Dolphins do, and the Dolphins might want Pene Sewell to protect Tua. Although protecting Tua is a right tackle, not a left tackle. Uh, so there's that. Falcons, would the Falcons take Pene Sewell? Maybe. If I'm the Falcons, I'm thinking Devonte Smith looks pretty good to me right there uh, to go with Julio Jones. Uh, but uh, the Bengals will get the Bengals are going to get Panay Sewell, Devonte Smith, or Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. But they got to help. They got to help Burrow somehow. Do they help him with a skill guy? Do they help him with an offensive lineman? I don't know. But uh, the Bengals are going to get a good pick at five or six. Okay, so there's uh, your Cincinnati Bengal update. Uh, We have uh, Buckeye Hoops to get to, we have OSU Clemson to get to, Friday night OSU Clemson kicks off at 8, it won't be finished by midnight, you and I both know it won't be. I don't know what to make of this OSU Clemson game, I really don't, and some of it is because I don't know what Ohio State, I don't know if Ohio State has an edge with playing and then having off and playing and having off. Or if Ohio State is just, that's too big of a hurdle to climb. I don't know. I don't know what Clemson's wide receivers are like because they've been hurt. I also don't know how good Clemson's pass defense is. It it needs to be pretty good. Their safety, Nolan Turner, who intercepted the pass at the end of last year's game, is out for the first half because of a dumb targeting call against Notre Dame in the second half. So will Justin Fields and his receivers have a big day against him? I watched, at that Clemson Fiesta Bowl has been on TV a few times here in the last few days, and I've watched. There's a play in that game that nobody talks about. and I'll talk about the T. Higgins strip sack, fump, strip catch fumble, the uh, targeting call on Sean Wade, which, by the way, was the right call. Given the rule, was the right call. Uh, The play nobody talks about, K.J. Hill flat dropped a touchdown pass. Hit him right in the head. Right in the head. Corner got there late. Actually, corner got there early and interfered. Uh, But they're never going to call that. It was pretty bang-bang. But K.J. Hill makes that catch a ton of times. He dropped that ball. And, of course, J.K. Dobbins dropped a likely touchdown on a screen pass. Ohio State had so many opportunities to make plays in that game and didn't make it. So does that mean this is their year? They're going to get every break this year because they didn't get any breaks last year? Up 16 to nothing in that game and lost. Wow. Um, Are they going to run fields a lot? Maybe. Here's the difference for Clemson this year. I forget if I said this last week on this podcast or a different one. Clemson last year almost never used a tight end because their tight end didn't come off of a suspension until after the regular season. They use the tight end a lot this year. Braden Galloway is a really good tight end, and they're going to use him, and that's going to complicate things for Ohio State. Uh, For Ohio State, Fields as a runner is something that Clemson didn't have to deal with a lot last year. I think Clemson's defense up front is better than it was a year ago. Obviously, Ohio State's is not as good. You can't be as good without Chase Young. You can't be as good without Jeff Okuda, and you can't be as good running the ball without J.K. Dobbins. But Ohio State's offensive line is really good, really good. And that might make the difference. That might make the whole difference for Ohio State. So it's going to be an interesting night. How much did the bulletin board stuff enter into it? I will look at it. I look at the bulletin board stuff this way Dabo said what he said about Ohio State not deserving to be in, and he doubled down on it with his vote of Ohio State number 11. I don't necessarily agree, but his logic is. It's not right that three teams have to win 13 games to win the national title and another one has to win 8. And if that's his logic and he's ready to suffer the consequences of going forward with that logic, I have an element of admiration for that. I do admire people who stick to their guns and say, "No, this is wrong." And you got to play if we're playing 13, you got to play at least 10 or 11, not 8. So I I can I don't agree with him. But I admire his chutzpah saying it because most people these days don't say the bad thing out loud, but he's saying the bad thing out loud. Uh, You pay people to say the bad thing out loud. They're called lawyers. Willis Spangler Starling, that's our attorney firm of choice. Stan Kelly, all the great people at Willis Spangler Starling. They're neat people. I admire people who find ways to turn their talents into ways they serve others. And that's what they do at Willis Spangler Starling. They're very into the law, aspects of the law. They don't all captivate me. Workers' comp doesn't captivate me. But if I ever needed a workers' comp attorney, I would get it at Willis Spangler Starling. And I'm glad they are people who are into those things that don't necessarily appeal to me. And then they could represent me with the kind of character and integrity and above-board acumen that I know they have at Willis Spangler Starling. So that's the attorney firm for you. They're on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. You can find out more about their specialties, which include personal injury, Will's estate planning, probate, and, of course, workers' comp, and other things, too, at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Oh, that Ohio State basketball loss on Saturday. Oh, I started the podcast by talking about my Twitter. Don't go near my Twitter during an Ohio State basketball game. It is so frustrating To watch them kick away a game against Northwestern. And I know Northwestern has beaten Michigan State. And they've beaten Indiana. And that doesn't excuse Ohio State losing to Northwestern. Because all it does is exacerbate the pain of losing to Northwestern. Because that's a game you shouldn't have lost. Northwestern is marginally athletically talented. Ohio State led the game by 7 most of the last 10 minutes. They had a 5-point lead with 3.29 to go. And they just did Dumb thing after dumb thing after dumb thing. Yes, CJ Walker fouling Pete Nance at mid court with the clock running out in the first half was maddening to give Northwestern two free points. Getting into the one and one with eleven twenty four to go and never shooting another one and one until like Kyle Young made both ends with like 40 seconds to go that's inexcusable cj walker you're the point guard get your team into something dwayne washington drive the ball to the basket justice suing stop shooting fadeaway three pointers kyle young stop shooting three pointers period oh maddening i don't know how i don't know how chris holtman doesn't tear his hair out uh where do i start C.J. Walker, not playing well. Not shooting well, not playing well. Not. Dwayne Washington, got to start shooting better. That's your thing, dude. One for nine and blowing a yakking, a game-winning layup. E.J. Liddell, got to be stronger with the ball, dude. You got the rebound. Two things happen when you get the rebound in that situation, E.J. You either make the basket or you get fouled. Getting the ball knocked away, not on the list of options I just gave you. Make the basket or get fouled. And the good news of the game, Seth Towns looks looked really good shooting the basketball. Happy for Seth Towns. Seth Towns can't move laterally on defense. I'm assuming that's knee-related. I'm assuming that's what that is because, you know, everything I've heard about Seth Towns is he's really athletic. He made some really nice shots that have been dead in the water without him. His contributions, if he can do that, Game in and game out will be big. But right now, it looks to me like people are targeting Seth Towns on defense, and he doesn't either look confident on defense, confident like knowing where he's supposed to be and the switches and all that, or he's not confident athletically in moving. Uh, he did get called for one foul Saturday that was not a foul. Uh, he, I mean, it was a foul. It was a charging foul. Uh, he slid his feet and got in good position and didn't get rewarded for it. But that was just... That was just inexcusable to lose that game. As inexcusable as it was improbable, they came back and beat Rutgers. I have no idea how they did that against Rutgers. They were dead in the water. That's another thing. They're a veteran team. And, fellas, you know, you know when the schedule says you're playing. Get ready to play. Get ready to play the game. I sound like Herm Edwards. Uh, Very disappointing how they sleepwalked through the start of that Rutgers game and then sleepwalked and fell asleep and got beat by Northwestern. Now, a word about justice suing. Toughen up. Two words about justice suing. Please, toughen up. Please stop shooting. Fade away three-pointers. When you're in the bonus, justice, and you have your ball skills, and the lane is beckoning you to drive it and get fouled, do that. Don't shoot threes. I am exceedingly frustrated with justice suing and cannot for the life of me fathom what he found compelling about playing in the Big Ten if he is going to continue to play as soft as he is playing right now. He is soft as soft can be soft. And... That is not going to cut it. Uh, I would advocate giving half of Justice Suing's minutes to Eugene Brown. And I would uh, also advocate finding more minutes for Zed Key. And I don't know what the holdup is on Michi Johnson, but C.J. Walker last year um, took off and played better after D.J. Carton transferred and CJ owned it, like, hey, man, this is all my show now. I got to do it because we don't have anybody else to do it. He either needs to come to that realization again, or maybe uh, Michi needs to get some time to give CJ a look at things so that he doesn't let his team jack up threes when they're in the bonus leading by seven. (sighs) So, that's such a bad loss to Northwestern. Oh. And they're back at it at home Wednesday night, 6.30 against Nebraska. Okay. I See, that's my last vestige of a fan gene is the Ohio State basketball gene. I just can't get rid of it. I can't conquer it. It's my, it's my thing. And I apologize that it still makes me sound like an idiot um, at times, which it no doubt just did. Okay. Uh, remember our friends at AUI Info? For all your health insurance questions, health insurance is a complicated business. HR is a complicated business. If your business wants to uncomplicate those complicated things, get with the people at AUI Info via their chat. All you need to do is log on to auinfo.com. The chat will pop up. You can ask them any question that you want. Yes, I know, open enrollment closed, but that doesn't mean that you don't still have questions about things that come up time to time, case by case. Maybe you're looking to add new employees, looking to add new insurance, have some questions you'd like to answer, or you'd just like to get a relationship with them now in advance of the big crush next season. Now would be the time to do that and to forge that relationship. Chrissy and Steve are great, so is Julie, so are all the people at AUI. They're a small business, so they understand small business, but they deal with a lot of big businesses too, so they can answer any questions that you have, and they're compensated again by the companies that you do business with, so you don't pay them as a consultant. Their consultant fees are covered by others. For the faith portion of the podcast today, um, this might get a little weird. I don't know. I've been wistful at Christmas time. I've been thinking a lot about uh, my folks. And uh, this is not my first Christmas without my folks. Um, But I've been thinking a lot about my folks. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about my childhood and about Christmas during my childhood. And I think maybe it's because uh, one of the things that I happened upon on television recently with one of my daughters, was watching a series of documentaries about the Apollo space program. And that took me back to the late 1960s in my early years. And that's one of my earliest memories is watching Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. And then, weirdly enough, uh, today, uh, MLB Network had the 1968 World Series on TV. Uh, Cardinals and Tigers And that's the first World Series I remember because it's just weird. Like, we moved into our first house that we owned the weekend that that World Series began. I just vividly remember that. We moved into our house, came home from church, and we were able to watch the World Series, Tigers and Cardinals. So I've been thinking a lot about, you know, that era. And what struck me about that time, when talking to my daughter, I said, um, You know, I don't know if we could ever get to that point in our country again where everybody was behind the Apollo space program. If you weren't alive during that era, you can't know what it was like to send astronauts into space and to watch breathlessly on TV as they came careening back down to Earth into the ocean in this capsule and these primitive pictures that you'd watch from the moon, and you didn't know if these guys were dead or alive when they opened up the hatch on the capsule, and then just to see how everybody in America was, like, all about it. Nobody was against the space program. Nobody was against astronauts. Astronauts were heroes. Nobody questioned the money being spent. Nobody questioned the research. It was just... Something that everybody in America could get behind and support. And I miss that. And I talked to my daughter about it. And I don't think that I can envision us ever having that again. We've had it at times, but 9-11's been almost 20 years. So we're in the midst of a contentious time. I expect it to get more fractured, fragmented divisive, more than I expect it to grow closer together. And I've been pondering my role in that discourse as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, as a husband, as a father, as a radio personality, and as a person who has two hours in the afternoon to shape public opinion. I've been thinking about that a lot. And honestly, I've been reflecting on how quickly my life's gone by because it doesn't seem that long ago to me that I was watching Neil Armstrong from Wapakoneta, Ohio, walk on the moon. And it's been uh, 51 years, a long time. So all that's been roiling around in my head, and uh, it's just made me kind of winsome for a simpler time. For an era where I was a lot more carefree, I didn't worry about uh, the kind of world that I was going to grow up in or my kids were going to grow up in because that was the farthest thing from my mind. I didn't think about big things like what kind of example am I setting for people who look up to me. I was a kid. But that's not, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm somebody that has a responsibility to um, be faithful, be an example, and and live a life of impact. And so I think about that, and I pray about that, and I ponder that, and I have fallen on the necessity to win on small things to win on big things. To focus every day, sometimes in certain segments of the day, on what God is asking me to do and how do I react to challenges in the moment. And to pray for him to show me prompt me, convict me, inspire me, lead me. And the only way I know to do that effectively is to align myself with what his thoughts are. And The only way I know to do that is to read my Bible and pray. I don't have a magic new formula for you, but I know that in my life I can get very distracted with my responsibilities. And they're, good things. Spending time with my kids, spending time with my wife and doing the jobs that need to be done around the house and doing my job at work and providing for my family and attending to my friends, spending time with my friends, all good things. But they can't detract from my anchor in the word of God and in nurturing my relationship with God that's the only way that i know how to make 2021 a good year for me personally because so much of my fulfillment at this juncture of my life comes from am i doing what god lays on my heart to do in the way that he the way that i believe he wants me to do it And so I have to stay focused and driven and motivated and connected. And I can't win on big things if I don't stay faithful in small things. Not saying that reading my Bible and praying is small. It's not small. It's huge. But the devotion to doing it can seem like just another thing that is on my list to do. But it has to be a priority for me. That's the only way that I know how to make sense of um, a world that used to be so much simpler. So that's what I have for you um, from a faith perspective today. And by way of inspiration, I want to share with you Proverbs 24, verses 19 and 20, which this is encouraging to me at a time when um, you can sometimes feel like the wrong side is winning, but I know how the game ends and the wrong side doesn't win. Proverbs 24, verse 19 and 20, do not fret because of evil men or be envious of the wicked. For the evil man has no future hope and the lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out. I hope you guys have a great week with your families or back in your uh, normal routine. I look forward to talking to you again this week and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. God bless.